Gene, where you at? Be sure to keep that tape. <laughs> when I'm dying, if they'll sing that, well, it'll be all right. I can just pass over all right. Oh, my. The song, I know the author real well, the poet, rather. A good friend of mine wrote that out in a cornfield, so poor that he had pasteboard in the bottom of his shoes, Brother Booth Cliburn. And I... And he's a bosom friend of mine, and I just, every time I hear it, and, and today that when they're trying to make Jesus just a prophet, that really expresses if he was deity. And I, I love that, don't you? <laughs> Certainly. He was more than a prophet. He was the Son of God. That's who he was. <laughs> so we're so thankful for great man, poets. And I'm just thinking when it's all over, when we meet them all, won't that be a wonderful time? So happy to be in this afternoon to start our healing services, or I mean prayer for the sick, rather. And I am uh, trusting to God that there will not be a feeble person in our midst when the service is over. May God of heaven grant it, is my prayer. And I've seen it happen so many times that our Lord Jesus completely healed every person at one time. I've seen them where they just stack up the cots and the crutches and the wheelchairs and take trucks and haul them off and everybody go away well. If they can just get in the right attitude. And that's why we've had these last four nights for instruction service and preaching the gospel, trying to find favor with our Lord. Now, coming here to Los Angeles, I think this is part of it, it's stretches out so far, I get around these hills and they say, you're still in Los Angeles. So uh, I, I almost shudder to start to preach on divine healing, not because of the message, but because of how it's been mistreated, the message of divine healing. And you, you find that, of course, with the, all phases of all walks of life, they they have a pro and con, and we have a, there never was a, a bogus dollar in the world unless there was a real one for it to be made off of, you see. So it should only make a real dollar look better when there's a bogus dollar. Now, I suppose that in our little audience this afternoon, there's Methodist, Baptist, Presbyterian, Catholic, Lutheran, Pentecostal. Church of God, all, all different denominations is really what it's made up with, and that's the way it'll be in heaven. And I, I want to say this little remark here that, uh, so that I can express and not be personal to any one or any denomination or phase. But speaking of divine healing, when you come here to Los Angeles especially, I remember when I first come, very noted man here in Los Angeles, a very outstanding minister of the denomination of church that I was from, the Baptist church. I was talking to him by phone. He said, Brother Branham, don't talk about divine healing in Los Angeles. That was eight years ago. I said, why so, sir? And he said, well, said, you just don't realize what you're getting into. He said, everything's a healer in Los Angeles. 
He said, it's just hanging out on every sign and everywhere, and said, it's some of the awfulest things you ever heard called divine healing. Well, I said, that may be so, my brother, and I appreciate your sincerity, but yet there's a message of divine healing is the truth. See? That's right. And now, now I want to make this real clear so everybody will thoroughly understand that I believe that divine healing is nothing that any individual on this earth can do for you. I believe that it's, it's the, the effects of the atonement of the blood of Jesus Christ at Calvary. Uh, that's what I don't believe that any oil out of my hands would heal anybody. I don't believe it would have anything to do with it. And I believe if I'd claim so, it would be absolutely anti-Christ, taken away from Christ. If there's any virtue in that oil, uh, from my hands or anybody else's hands, or from anything else that come from me, it's taking away from Calvary, and it'd be anti-against Christ. And I, I do not believe that there's any power in man to heal other man. I believe that the only thing that any man can do rightfully... Now, of course, we have people that believe that they, such things, but I don't see how you Protestant people could condemn the Catholic on holy water then if you could go for such as that. But, see, but where there's isms, remember, friend, it's only a sign of a real, genuine healings of God. See? Now, I've had a lot of experience in my life to be no older than I am. I have seen witch doctors in the healing. I've seen psychic, mental workups, I've, and all together and all of it called divine healing. Now, there's such a thing as being mentally worked up or emotionally, and that doesn't mean healing at all. Healing is real that comes directly from God by your individual faith. That's all. Now, I believe that there's no one on the earth that could forgive you of your sins. Now, if you had sinned against me and asked me to forgive me for what you've done against me, all right, I could forgive you that. But only God can forgive you your sins that you sinned against God and against the Bible and against nature. And that's the same way by healing. Now, so it's you by approaching this subject, and I haven't had too much time today to pray I've just been taken across the country to a little private room where I'm to be the rest of the week in prayer for the healing services. But to you, my dear brother ministers, I want you to thoroughly understand that in approaching this subject of divine healing, I lay it all to Calvary and the finished works of our Lord Jesus at Calvary. It's not any mental emotion, any workup, any psychic. It's truly your faith in the finished work at Calvary. I believe that all salvation and every sinner was forgiven of his sins when Jesus died at Calvary. Every creature that would ever be on the earth was thoroughly his, his salvation was paid for when Jesus died at Calvary. Now, it'll never do him any good until his own personal faith accepts that finished work. And I believe that all the healing that was ever done or would be done was completed at Calvary. 
He was wounded for our transgressions. With his stripes we were, past tense, already healed at Calvary. Now, the only thing that I could do or any other minister could do would be to preach the Word or do something in a way that would cause you to have faith in the finished works of the Lord Jesus at Calvary that your faith is already purchased. Now, there is a scripture in the Bible of, um, of how that antitype and antitype, types and antitypes, pardon me, of Moses and the brass serpent, he lifted it up. The brass serpent prayed for no one, but the people looked at the foreshadow of our Lord Jesus being the brass serpent on the pole and were healed, every one of them that looked and lived. And if they could be healed by looking at the type what could you do with the antitype and the presence of the Holy Spirit? See? It's divine healing is a part of the gospel. And uh, I believe divine healing is an is the attribute or I beg your pardon. Divine healing is the earnest of our resurrection. Now we have the earnest of our salvation, we realize that now. That is the Holy Spirit. We have that as the earnest which makes us willfully in our hearts after we have received Christ in our hearts. We, we abstain from sin, separate ourselves from sin. Any person that's ever been born again of the Spirit of God, I truly believe with all my heart, desires to separate from the things of the world. I believe that. And then I believe that, that is, we have joy. Such a joy comes over our hearts to know that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. And our spirit bears record with God's spirit that we're sons and daughters of God. And what a joy we have doing that. And that is the earnest of our complete victory when Jesus comes, that even death itself will flee. Then I believe that in divine healing is the earnest of our resurrection. In other words, it's the down payment the proof of our resurrection. And without any hesitation, I say this with a Christian heart, a Christian love towards all men, that I have seen some of the most outstanding things that I have ever heard or read about our Lord Jesus doing. I've seen three cases distinctly, which was noted by a doctor, of people that have been dead sometime for hours laid out, and it's living today as a testimony. Prayer changes things when you pray. I believe in praying for the sick, but not healing the sick, and not giving them any virtue to be healed or anything come from you that would heal the sick. I believe in praying for the sick. Now, I've seen cripples walk. Blind, deaf, dumb, and you know how it goes. And I realize that I must stand in the presence of God with every person here today and give an account for what I say. And I have to weigh my words because the Lord has helped me as a poor, unworthy, uneducated person with not even a grammar school education, yet he's let me pray for kings and potentates and monarchs around the world. 
A few days ago, I was talking to my wife. Everyone knows my life story, how my father drank and everything. And it's not, I don't like to reflect that. It's my family, but it's the truth. You know, we have to be truthful about things. And I remember not when I was a young man, I'd go downtown, my little city, and it was well known around the country there about what taking place. Someone would be talking to me just because that someone else would come up. I'd be taken away. They'd, no one looked like it's kind of down. And I said to the wife the other day, which is she's sitting present now, I said, honey, think of it. Here it is. I have to go to the mountains to get a little time by myself. I said, what did it? Or I used to not have a friend, not because of anything I'd done, but reflection. I said, I used to not, no one seemed to love me. And now I've got millions of friends over the world. I said, what did it? My education? I have none. What did it? My personality? I have none. My authority? I have none. But Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who saved me. It's through His grace that I have this. And I've always loved people. And I want to help people. If I see a person down and out and I could... I could pawn my coat. I'm not saying that for I'd be a hypocrite to make a remark like that and hear from this platform and not mean it from my heart. And knowing that just in a few minutes I'll be facing evil spirits and everything. I'd be afraid to do it. But I I I love the Lord. And I love people. And I like to help people. And the only way that I can help you is for you to believe me that I'm telling the truth about Jesus Christ, the only way that help can come. If I wouldn't be a minister, I'd want to be a doctor or something like that so I could help somebody, help do something. I, a young man waited on us this morning when I'd run out of gasoline. He's studying to be a doctor, and I told him who it was. I said, sir, if my boy wouldn't be a minister, I want him to be a doctor. I want my girls to be nurses or something. You don't know the joy it is not to help yourself, but to help others. You really have joy then when you can help somebody. And I, I know that you know what I'm talking about. And now and today, let it be known this, friend, that I'm approaching divine healing upon the basis of the shed blood of the Lord Jesus, upon your and my faith together in what he did for us at Calvary. Everybody understand real well? Say amen. That's, now I remember, it's something. Now, many ministers, very good preachers. I'm not very much of a preacher. I'm, I always call myself a spare car. That's when you have a flat, you know, he uses So, but many, their God has placed in the church some to be teachers, some evangelists, some prophets, and some gifts of healing and, and uh, all different kinds of gifts God hath placed in the church. Is that right? God hath placed in the church. And remember that. Now, every fellow knows his calling. Now, uh, many ministers, I have a little friend, a little Pentecostal brother, was one of my converts to divine healing was Tommy Osborne. I don't know whether you ever knowed him or not. 
very lovely, fine brother. If he ever comes through this country, put your arms around him and hug him for me. For he's a really a wonderful little brother. And many other my brothers, too. All of them are. But I mean, just speaking of Tommy, when he come to me, he was a little nervous-like fellow. He started, he run around his car two or three times this, after this Portland meeting up here, and he's seen that maniac being taken down by the power of God. And he said, uh, oh, he said, uh, Brother Bram, you think I got a gift of healing? I said, Tommy, honey, don't think about that. See, I said, you know you're a preacher. Yes. I said, you know what? You know the Word of God will defeat Satan anywhere, any place, any time, on any conditions. That's right. The Word of God. That's right. I said, when Jesus was here on earth, we know that He was Emmanuel. We all believe that. He wasn't just a prophet. He was God manifested in flesh. And when He was here on earth, all the powers that the Father had given Him, everything that was in Him, He was Emmanuel. God in Christ reconciled the world to Himself. But when He met Satan, He never used any of His powers. He used the Word of God. He said, Satan said, If thou be the Son of God, I want you to perform a miracle here so I can see you do it. See, that's still the attitude of Satan. Let me see you do something. Make this man to walk. Make that. See, let me see you perform a miracle. And turn the stones into bread. Jesus said, It's written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that cometh out of the mouth of God. So then he took him up on the pinnacle of the temple, and he can quote Scripture too. Quote Scripture, rather. <laughs> quote is the difference between quote and quote. So he said, It is written to give the angels charge over thee, that's the end time to dash your foot against stone, bear thee up. Just jump off this temple just before you get right to the bottom, or the angels will bear thee up. And he said, uh, rebuked him again with the word. He took him up on the mountain, set him down, and he rebuked him again with the word. Defeated Satan with the word of God, showing that the weakest of Christians can defeat Satan with thus saith the Lord. It is written. It is written. Remember that, friend. Keep Now, uh, p brothers may pass through with healing uh, ministries, which is wonderful. I thank God for every one of them. But they may pass through. But don't depend on that brother, for he'll soon be out of the country. He may be a great person of faith, and he might be able to help you to believe. But one day he'll leave. But you just put your faith in the Word and believe that it's God's Word, and you can beat Satan anywhere, anytime. If there isn't a preacher in a thousand miles of you, you can still whip Satan around on, on the Word of God. So everything that we try to do it must come from the Word or it's not right to me. See, it must come. This is the foundational truth of God. And if you ever know or hear of me preaching anything that's not backed up with this Bible, then you call my attention to it because I, I wouldn't want to do it. Just write me a little letter and tell me about it or tell some of the ushers that you, you'd like to show me where that I would be wrong. And my dear brother, I'll sure be humble. If I'm wrong, I don't want to be wrong. But knowing after it's been examined for year after year in every nation under different, every, every fire pot of hell has turned loose on it, and every time God comes out victorious and wins and causes thousands to come to Christ. Now, 
We can't speak everything I'd like to tell you on divine healing in one little afternoon and have a healing service. But I want to read some of God's Word and then explain what I believe of God's Word uh, to you. And then we'll call a prayer line. And each day we give out prayer cards in order to keep the people lined up and to come into the line. We call anywhere along the lines where we give out cards. We might not risk regular routine. We might call this anywhere and bring some people up to pray for them. And then it's never necessary for you to be on this platform to be healed. Where one is being healed on the platform, there's a hundred healed out there. So if you'll just remember this one thing, that it's your faith in Jesus Christ to believe it and accept it, then you watch what God will do for you. You'll be healed right there. Yesterday at the full gospel businessman's uh, breakfast, I was at the other uh, businessman's breakfast down here in Glendale the other morning. And then at the full gospel businessman, a bunch of the women and so forth were there. Uh, I tell you, it would make my heart jump. When I walked in there, they started clapping their hands and crying. And I felt unworthy of that. But just, you know, just, it makes you feel good when people love you. Don't, don't you believe that? One time I walked out of a platform in the church and, and some brothers were standing at the door and said, Brother Branham, we sure appreciated that message. And there was another brother standing outside. He said, I wouldn't let people say that about me. He said, I, wouldn't, I don't want nobody bragging on me. And I said, well, I do. And I said, I believe there's only one difference between you and I. I'm honest about it. And then I, I think I try to, I want to know that I'm doing the best that I can do anyhow. And to see those dear people and going out, I almost pull my coat and shoes off to get out. Just the people wanting to shake your hand. It's down, way down in Southgate there where I've had services and among the people. I realize that you all are strangers to me here. But I hope that when the services is all finished that we'll love, I know we will love one another just as they do down there anywhere. Shall we pray just a moment now? Our Heavenly Father, we plead to Thee today with all the faith that we have in our hearts to ask you if you will tenderly and kindly take each individual apart as you're sitting here and reveal to them thy great plan of divine healing for their body. They have been so wonderful this past week responding to the gospel and coming sinners weeping at the altar and people with broken up homes and so forth. Coming back to you, we pray, God, that you'll keep every one of them in perfect peace now. May homes be reunited and, and the people who sin cease to sin and start loving and believing you. And now, Father, this coming week, we pray that you'll heal every sick person that enters under the, or on the canopies of this ground. May every seat become anointed with the Holy Spirit. May angels of God just hover over as it was the audience day after day and night after night until there will not be a sick or feeble person in our midst. Now, if I fail, Lord, I don't mean to, and I pray that you will help me. And help me to pray a prayer of faith for the sick and needy. And help me to explain thy word in such a way that the people would believe on thy beloved Son and be healed and saved. For we ask that in Jesus' name, amen.
Now, in this afternoon's service, I just wish to talk a little while because I want you to go back to your churches tonight and have a good service, each one of you. God rest upon my brethren everywhere and give great services tonight everywhere. Now, in the Word, I want to read from Jude, the first, or third verse, rather, of the book of Jude, just a little approach. And my text will be from Hebrews 13, 8. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. And over here we read Jude speaking, Beloved, I give all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation. It was needful for me to write unto you and to exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith that was once delivered to the saints. May the Lord add his blessings to his word. Now, if you'll give me your attention for a few moments and be prayerfully for me as I try to speak what's on my heart of the word of God. Now, this is the only scripture in the Bible that I know of that we are commanded to contend we're to keep contentions from us, but here we are to contend for the faith that was once delivered unto the saints. Now, every one of us want to believe that, and our church contends for that faith. The Methodists, they want to believe that. Our church contends for the faith. The Baptists, we believe that. The Catholic and the Pentecostal and Everyone wants to think our, our church contends for that faith that was once delivered unto the saints. And I believe we do. I really do. But now, in order to preach divine healing and to make sure that we're right. Now, to me, denominations has become a very little thing. I respect every one of them. But out on the battlefield where I've just returned from, over in the heathen lands where here uh, recently I was entertained by 17 different religions in one afternoon, 17 different religions that denied there was a Jesus Christ. When we have two-thirds of the world that never heard about him, what are we to do to sit here and fuss whether we're Pentecostal or Nazarene or Pilgrim Holiness? It's, it's sinful to do such, friends. It is. And to think that two-thirds of the world has never heard the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And out there on that field, you never notice whether you're Baptist or Pentecostal or Presbyterian. The one thing is getting from heathenism to believe on the Lord. That, that's, and here at home, man, of course, we ain't got no more to do than just contend and fuss and carry on <laughs> among ourselves. But... Someday that'll stop when communism gets a little sweep in here. You'll be glad to meet your brother, regardless of whether he's Methodist or Baptist or whatever he is. You'll be glad to meet him. That's right. So it's a shame God has to do it that way, but, well, I guess if we won't do it his way, then he has to force us to do it. And so it'll be someday that way. So while it's a day in life, let's consider the thing we're speaking of. Now, I truly believe with all my heart that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now, if that be so, I'm going to tell you a little story that was told me just before I approached this, and I won't take long, 
But there was a wonderful organization in this world. It's, uh, I don't like to call any of it. Well, I will because the brother, he told me I could. It was Dr. Reedhead, the president of the Sudan Missions, the biggest in the world. He come to my house here some time ago, and he said to me, and he may be sitting present right now, for all I know. It's, uh, he come to my house and he said, Brother Branham, I want to ask you something. He said, surely as a Baptist you ought to know truth. And what, of course, that's what Baptists call truth, the grace message. And uh, I said, yes, sir. And he said, do you deal a lot with the Pentecostals? And I said, sure. He said, have they really got anything? I said, yes, sir. That's right. And he said, well, I've seen them went into the buildings where they kicked the furniture and turned over everything. And I said, yeah, that's right, children. But I said, they got a blessing. By, by all of it, there's something that we Baptists have never touched yet in that matter. And I said, I say it with respect. He said, here's what I come to you about. I've come a long ways. And he brought another man with him, which was a bosom friend of Hyman Appleman and so forth. And um, Hyman seeking the Holy Ghost himself. So um, then when sitting there in my room, in, my, in the parlor, by the coffee table, they, he said, Brother Branham, said, I talked to approach to fine Indian boy from India that had been brought over here and was educated and, um, oh, I believe mechanics or something. And anyhow, he was going back to India and said, I said to him, now going back to India, why don't you just forsake, he was a Mohammedan, said, why don't you forsake that old dead prophet of yours and receive a resurrected Lord Jesus? So he said, the Indian boy looked at me, just as bright and intelligent. He said, kind sir, could your Jesus do anything more for me than what my Muhammad could do? He said, certainly. So what can he do, sir? Well, he said, he can give you life. He said, we have life through Muhammad. Oh, he said, uh, you see, our, your, your prophet is dead and in the grave. Our Jesus raised from the dead. He said, did he? He said, certainly he did. He said, can you prove it? He said, sure. He said, how can he? He said, he lives in my heart. He said, so does Mohammed live in mine. He said, well, you see, Dr. Reedhead said, well, we have joy. He said, we just have peace and everything. He said, kind sir, the Mohammed religion can produce just as much psychology as Christianity can. That's right. He said, look, you people's had 2,000 years to prove that your Lord raised from the dead and said only one-third of the world ever heard about it. He said, let our prophet raise from the dead, which he will someday, and the whole world will know about it in 24 hours. That's right. That's true, you see. Christianity, not Christianity, but the ministers of Christianity has totally failed. Greatest failure in the world is... Uh, clergy of Christianity, the messengers of Christianity. So he said, said and he said, Brother Branham, I realize I hadn't met this uh, overnight man, for he knew what he was talking to, and now Dr. Reedhead of the, of the Sudan Missions, you can know, he said, Brother Branham, I've got enough degrees of doctor and a bachelor of art and so forth that I could plaster your walls with them. But said, in all of it, where's Jesus Christ? 
He says, has the teachers been wrong? I said, in one sense of the word, yes. I said, not as I'm condemning your education. It's wonderful, sir. But I said, but now, as far as the teacher's telling you that's where it lays by education, it isn't. It's by new birth. And he said, well, this young Mohammed boy said, I seen that I had something on my hand. And said, he turned around to me and he said, kind sir, he said, I'm not condemning your Lord Jesus. He said, you see, your Lord Jesus wrote a book called the Bible and said, you read it and you believe it. He said, my prophet wrote a Bible called the Koran and said, we read it and we believe it. Said both of them promised life after death and said, we both believe it. What are you going to say? That's correct. He said, mine's just as good as yours. He said, but this one thing, kind sir. Now, here's what Dr. Reed Edwards to see me about. He said, our Mohammed only promised life after death. But said, your Jesus promised that the same things that he did, you'd do also. So now let me see you teachers produce that, and we Mohammeds will believe that he raised from the dead. There you are. <laughs> said, let me see you teachers. And Dr. Reed had said, oh, uh, uh, I suppose, uh, of course, sir, said, you've been reading the Bible. I said, yes, sir, I've read it all the way through several times. I've studied it. He said, oh, you're probably referring to Mark 16. He said, for one place, yes. He said, oh, well, I said, uh, you see, said, the better scholars know that Mark 16 from the ninth verse, where it said, uh, these signs shall follow them that believe, said, we better scholars learn that that's not inspired. He said, it isn't. He said, what kind of a book are you reading? He said, all the Koran's inspired. There you are. <laughs> he said, Brother Branham, you come on my mind. He said, I kind of hit my foot on the desk and changed the subject. I had to. I said, Brother Branham, is there anything to the baptism of the Holy Ghost? I said, yes, sir. He said, when do you get it? I said, when you want it. He said, well, I'm wanting it. And he got it right there. That's where it was. So that was what it was, see? That's it. And this friend of Hyman Appleman said, can I receive it too? I said, yes, sir. If you're hungering and thirsting, you sure can receive it if you believe it. And right there, and he, they both received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now... That is the defeat of Christianity because that we are trying to worm away or bypass for our traditions the true word of the living God. Now, if Jesus has risen from the dead, then he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he's the same in principle. He's the same in power. He's just exactly the same that he was when he walked in Galilee. He has to be the same in this tent this afternoon or the Bible's wrong. Now, to me, it's either right or it's wrong. And if it isn't right, I don't want nothing to do with it. I'm against it. But if it is right, I'm willing to seal my life's testimony with my blood. For I believe that it is the honest truth. It's God's eternal word. Whether I have faith enough to, to make it real or not, that's a different question, but I believe it to be absolutely word by word, and every bit of it's inspired. That's right. And Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now, that's what I believe, and that will be my continual text. Jesus has risen from the dead and is the same. Now, let's take a context here for a few moments 
and speak of Jude 33 years after Pentecost. Jude had wrote this book and told the church to earnestly contend for the faith that was once delivered to the saints. Now, this is the reason I say this, friends. Let me show you something. Now, you people that come from a Baptist church, raise your hands. Don't be ashamed of it. I got mine up. All right, see what I mean? You that come from a Methodist church, raise your hands. Let's see your hands. There you are. Presbyterian. See? Just look around. Catholic. See? See what I mean? See, I'm from a Catholic family, too. So, all right. All of us, different churches, different phases. See, we're a mixed up group, and each one of us wants to think that our church is earnestly contending for the faith. Now, I'm not condemning everyone because I'm a member of every one of them. See? So I, I'm your brother, and I'm a member of the Church of the Living God by being born. I've been in the Branham family for 46 years, and they never did ask me to join the family. I was born in it, that's the reason. And that's how it is. I believe in joining church. Sure, you ought to do that. Find you some good church and join it. But you're, that's just an earthly body of believers you're joining together. You're born into the body of Jesus Christ by new birth. That's right. And we believe that Methodist, Baptist, Presbyterian, and all that's born again, we're brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. That's right. Every one of you. And um, wouldn't make a difference in your churches. But now, let's go back and find out what Jude is speaking of. Thirty-three years after Pentecost, at the close of the New Testament, they are commanded to earnestly contend for the faith. Now, the only one way to do it if I run my church back to the Baptist from John Smith, well, I'd have to start from John Smith. And if I run um, uh, the Methodist back, I'd have to start from John Wesley. And if I run the Christian back, I'd start from Alexander Camel. But if we're going to find out what the faith is that we're contend for, we've got to go back to the beginning when the saints first began and see what kind of a faith that was first delivered unto them, and then that's the faith that we're to earnestly contend for. Is that the context of that scripture? See, we are to find out what faith that the saints had in the beginning, and then earnestly contend with that until Jesus comes, if he's the same. Now, the first thing, John the Baptist was the first... Uh, 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 but he stood between law and grace. He really done no miracles. He just come in and introduced, being the greatest of the prophets, introduced the Lord Jesus Christ to the world. All the rest of the prophets spoke of him coming, but John introduced him, Behold, the Lamb of God that take away the sin of the world. His ministry was short, six months, no doctrine, just speaking of the coming of the Lord Jesus and tell him, Prepare to meet him. But when Jesus came, he was the beginning of the Christian church. Do you believe that? He's the beginning of the Christian church. And he introduced to the world the Christian faith, the Christ faith. And then his apostles that succeeded him carried out the same faith that he introduced. And if we can find out what that was, then we are to earnestly contend for that. Don't you think so? Isn't that liberal to every one of us, you see? I don't mean I'll leave your church. I mean stay in your church. And just keep this faith that was once delivered to the saints. Now, when Jesus came on earth, we find in always Christmas story, and, but his ministry began at the age of 30 years old. When John the baptizer, 
had baptized him, and the Holy Spirit coming down from God, and the voice from it saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I'm well pleased. Jesus went into the wilderness and fasted forty days and nights. And when he come out, Satan tried to tempt him because he was a lawgiver like Moses. When Moses come out from his forty-day fast up on the mountain where he had the two tables of stone, Satan tempted him at his weak spot. That was his temper. And he threw down the commandments and broke them. But when Satan met the Lord Jesus, he knew that wasn't Moses. He called him at his weak spot, hunger. If thou be the Son of God, command these stones to be turned to bread and eat because you're hungry. But he realized that that wasn't Moses. Now notice, then what happened? Then immediately Jesus set in his ministry. And let's just follow him for a few jumps. And of course, we pick it up on tomorrow night and the next night ongoing. Let's follow his ministry just a few minutes to see what he done. Now we find out that the first thing he began to do was to preach the gospel and say in the kingdom of heaven that was at hand and so forth. Then we begin to notice one thing he began to do was to heal the sick, causing great prayer lines and healing. And let's watch how he done it. And the way he done it, then, here it is, get it? The way he did it then, if he's the one to still do it today, then he'll do it the same way today he did it then. If he's the same. Is that true? Would you believe it? See, the way he did it then, that's the way he'll do it now. And uh, because he's the same, he's raised from the dead. Now, notice, when he began, his ministry began to shine forth, there was a fellow by the name of Philip come and got saved. And as soon as he got saved, he went and found another fellow named Nathaniel to get him saved. That was a good sign he got saved. He wanted to find his friend and get him saved. So he leaves Jesus at a certain city and he journeys around the mountains over to another place and he looks for his friend and he found him out under a tree praying. And he said, Come see who I have found. Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And so his friend was a real orthodox man, honest in heart, raised up and said, Could there be any good thing come out of Nazareth? And I think he gave him the best answer I ever heard. He said, come and see. Now, that's the best way to find out. Don't criticize. Don't stand off on the sidelines. Listen to what someone else says. You come and see for yourself. That's the best way to find out. Nathaniel said to him, "Uh, could anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said, come and see. All right, they joined arms. Now, watch, we're going to bring Jesus' ministry in. Here they come walking up into the where the audience was standing and so forth. Jesus praying for the sick. He looks up. Now remember, we're beginning in Luke 1, right with Jesus, first of his ministry. And when he looked up, around he had been praying for the sick as they were passing by. He saw this fellow, Nathaniel, who he didn't know. He was standing out in the audience somewhere. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and saw him. He said, Behold an Israelite, indeed, in whom there is no guile. In other words, if I'd say it to a man this afternoon, I'd say, You're a real Christian, an honest man. Why, well, astonished him. He said, How did he know me? He said, Rabbi, or teacher, reverend, whatever you want to call it, 
Rabbi, whence knowest thou me? How did you know me? Well, I've never been around you. How did you know that I was a true uh, Orthodox believer and no guile? How did you know that? He said, before Philip called you, when you were under the tree, that was Jesus yesterday. If he's raised from the dead, that's Jesus today. That'll be Jesus forever. Is that right? said, before Philip called you when you were under the tree, I saw you. How could he see him over 30 miles away and him standing here? But he saw him 30 miles away under the tree praying when Philip come to him. said, when you were under the tree, before Philip called you, I saw you. Now, what if that would take place in Los Angeles today? I mean, before the, what we would call the the better people of Los Angeles. You know what they would say? Dr. Mr. Reverend Ph.D. Jones and them? I hope that not, man's not here with that name. God bless you, brother. I didn't mean to say that if I meant... But I was just making a point. Excuse me if I said that about you, Brother Jones, if you're here. I didn't mean it in that way. You forgive me. But what would they say? You know what they'd say? <clears throat> Mental telepathy. Or it's the devil. You're a fortune teller. You're a witch. Well, they said the same thing about Jesus. They said he's Beelzebub. Beelzebub is the chief fortune teller, the big fly that kept the, the prince of the devils. They said, oh, it's Beelzebub. That's how he does that. He's got the power of the devil on him. And Jesus said that was blaspheming the Holy Ghost. That's right. He said, now, when I'm doing this, you can be forgiven for it. But when the Holy Ghost has come, and I'm dead, and he's come back, who speaks against that will never be forgiven. Is that right? That's what he said. So Philip and Nathaniel, what did Nathaniel say? The man on who the miracle was done. It was a miracle, was it? It's something past reasoning. It was a miracle. And when he seen him, what did he say? He said... Whence knowest thou me, Rabbi? He said, Before Philip called you, when he ran the tree, he said, Thou art the Son of God, thou art the King of Israel. He was willing to admit him to be the Son of God because he did it. And Jesus looked at him and said, Because I told you where you were, you believe? He said, Yes. He said, You'll see greater things than this. <laughs> He's getting in condition then to see things. You can never see anything until you get into the spirit of it. Always. You can never see where Christianity is right until the Holy Spirit once saves you. Then you can see where it's right. So, uh, uh, amazing grace, how sweet the sound. You know, I once was blind, but now I see. That's what you have to do by divine healing. You have to get into the spirit of it. The Holy Spirit. And let Him show you and reveal Himself to you. Now, Jesus' ministry moved on. And the first thing you know, one day, there was a, a woman come to the crowd. I'm just touching the high spots now because our time will get away from us. We probably got about 15 minutes yet. And then a woman came by one day, and she said in her heart, If I can touch him, I'll be healed. 
So she touched his garment and moved away out into the audience. And Jesus stopped. Now remember, the Son of God. He stopped. Do you believe he would tell a lie? Certainly not. He couldn't. He's infallible. He said, Who touched me? And while Peter said, The whole crowd's are touching you. Well, why can you say who touched me? He said, But I perceive that I got weak. Weak. My strength's gone from me. Virtue. Gone out of me. Said, Somebody touched me. And he looked around over the audience. And he seen the little woman. Had a blood issue. He said to her, Thy faith has made thee whole. What happened? What taken place then? Her personal faith in him being the Son of God pulled the power of God through him to her. You believe that? Her own faith. Jesus said, I had nothing to do with it. Your faith has made you whole. Now, if Jesus has raised from the dead and is in our midst today, the same yesterday, today, and forever, he can do the same thing today. If it isn't, it is, he isn't raised from the dead. He's still in the grave. He's like Muhammad and the rest of them. It's false. But he promised it. And he's good to his promise. Now, just a little farther. We could take many, many quotations. There was a woman one time. Now, I want you to notice. Jesus was going to Jericho. If you was ever in the Orient, Jericho lays right straight below Jerusalem. But it was needful. Now, you keep that on your mind, why he went up. To go up by the way of Samaria. I wonder why. What's well, way out of the way. We're up in the hill country here. But he was going down to Jericho, but he went around Samaria. For he had need to go by. I wonder why. A little bit, we'll get to it. Anyhow, it was around dinner time, so he sent his disciples down into the city to get bread, victuals. And while they were gone away to buy these victuals, he sat down against the well. If he's ever in the Orient and see how the grape harbors and things and the windows there, how the women come and put their pots in the round and draws the water out and so forth. But this window, he sat down over against some grapevines as it was, over against the well. And it's about 11 o'clock in a day, and there was a woman of ill fame come out. She was uh, a bad woman, as we believe it here. And she came out, now it might have been, she'd, she was out all night and just got up at that time of day. Or it might have been that the women, if you want to know the real truth of it, she couldn't associate with other women. A bad woman over there is marked. Like I preached to you last night, the woman who washed Jesus' feet. See? Notice, she was marked, so she had to wait till all the virgins and nice women went out and got their water, then she could slip out and get her water. So she came out to this well, about 11 o'clock or 12, to lay down the pot to get some water, and Jesus, a young man, in his 30s, sitting over against the wall looking at her, he said, Woman, bring me a drink. While she turned around, she said, It's not it's not customary for you Jews to ask Samaritans such. Now a Jew a Samaritan was a half breed like between Jew and Gentile. It's a racial affair like the used to be here in the United States between the colored and white. And it's a it's not customary for you Jews to ask Samaritans any such thing. He said, But if you knew who you were talking to 
you would ask me for a drink. And I'd give you water, you don't come here to draw. Well, the conversation went on. Now, I'll tell you later on what I think he was doing it for. To my opinion, I'll tell you now, he was contacting her spirit. That's exactly. He carried the conversation. Watch it in the audience. Watch it with the people. See if it don't work the same way. See? He was carrying a conversation with her to meet her spirit. He said, uh, you'd ask me for a drink, and I'd give you water. You don't come here to draw. She said, the well's deep, and you have nothing to draw with. He said, the water that I give is in your soul bubbling up. He went on and talked to her till he found where her trouble was. He said, go get your husband. She said, I don't have any husband. He said, that's right. He said, you got five. And the one you have now is not your husband. Look at her. A strange woman. And told her, what? Look at her. She turned to him and she said, sir, now listen at it. Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. I know, and we know, that when the Messiah cometh, and who is Messiah? Jesus, the Christ. We know that when Messiah cometh, he'll do these things. What's that a sign of? The Messiah. Messiah sign. We know that when the Messiah cometh, he'll do these things and tell us all these things. But who are you? You must be a prophet. Jesus said, I am he that speaketh unto thee. She left the water pot and run into the city all excited and said, Come see a man who told me everything I ever done. Isn't this the very Christ? Notice. Now, he never told her everything she everything she'd done. He just told her that one thing. But if he could tell her that, he could tell her more. Said, Come see a man who told me everything I'd done. Isn't this the very Messiah? And the man come out and persuaded Jesus to come in. He never done any more miracles, but he began to speak to them, and they believed on him. Because why? It wasn't time for Jesus to do any miracles. He left that for Philip to do right immediately after Pentecost. They had the revival. But he had them prepared for when Philip come, because they'd already heard him speak. And they know this miracle had been performed by the woman, uh, to own the woman at the well. One more little quotation. Now you've often heard people saying this, that if Jesus was here, he'd do so and so. If Jesus was here, his power would be limited to your faith, as it was then. Now Jesus never did say that he was a healer. He never did take credit. Very much contrary. Now listen close. He said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, The things that I do shall you do also. And more than this, I know the translation's greater, but you get the original and find out if it ain't more. See? It's more, you couldn't do anything greater in quality, quality but more in quantity because he'd be in his church all over the world. See? He said, more than this shall you do, for I go to my Father. Jesus didn't claim to be a healer. He said, it's not me that doeth the works. It's my Father that dwelleth in me. He doeth the works. Is that right? Now he passed to a place called Bethesda a few days after that woman touched his garment and was healed. He passed through the pool of Bethesda. Now this on this last remark, listen close. 
on this last remark. When Jesus passed through the pool of Bethesda, the Bible said in St. John 5, we'll quote from there just a minute, leave Luke now and come back over to John. St. John 5, when he passed through this great pool, there were many people laid, important people, were laying there because God sent an angel down, not just once tonight, but maybe once every two or three months. A certain season, an angel come down and trouble the water. You live here off close to the ocean, you know what troubled water is. Current going one way and the waves blowing it back another. It's a dangerous water, trouble. And great multitudes, not a multitude, but multitudes, thousands, great multitudes of impotent folk laid in this, uh, this place. Now watch what kind of people they were. Lame, blind, halt, and withered. Eating for the moving of the water. For the first one stepped in after the angel troubled the water, was healed of whatsoever affliction he had, if he had faith. You get it? Now, Jesus, do you believe he had compassion? Now, I want to just get you caught in a little trap here, so be careful. See? Jesus was full of love, and he was full of virtue. Do you believe it? But he has only had virtue to those who believed he had it. The woman who touched his garment got healed, but the Roman who spit in his face felt no virtue. Or hit him on the head with a stick, had a rag wrapped around his face, and hit him on the head with a stick, said, Now, if you're a prophesier, tell us who hit you. He didn't feel no virtue. But the woman who believed it, she felt virtue because she approached God in the right provided way. That's the way you've got to come, too. You've got to come by Jesus Christ. And laying there in this great multitude of people, Jesus, the Son of God, full of love, full of compassion, full of power, moved down among those great multitudes of lame, halt, withered, blind, waiting for the moving of the water, and didn't touch one of them. Now, if he's full of love, if he's full of power, if he's full of compassion, why didn't he exercise it then? Here, let's, let's dramatize it just a moment. Here's a mother with a waterhead baby saying, Oh, please, sir, let somebody help me to get my baby in first when the angel comes. Theologians and history tells us that they stab one another trying to get in the pool first. And here comes Emmanuel, garments full of virtue, walking among the people. Here stood an old daddy with arthritis, blind, saying, Somebody, please help me to get in. And Jesus passed right by him full of love, full of virtue, full of power. Here stands a man lame. Here stands another withered, arms withered down. He had healed withered arms. Withered, laying down. Jesus, full of love, full of compassion, full of power, full of virtue, passed right by him, never said a word. Wound his way right over until he found a man laying on a pallet, we call it in the south, a bunch of quilts laying on the ground, who had a trouble. He wasn't lame. He wasn't blind. He wasn't withered. He wasn't crippled up. He could walk. He said, Will thou be made whole? Never talked to them back there. He come down to this man. said, Will thou be made whole? He said, Sir, I have no one to put me in a pool. For when I'm a coming, I am coming down. So 
somebody outruns him. Somebody gets in ahead of him. He had a disease, not affliction. He had a disease he had for 38 years. Well, let's say it was TB, prostrate trouble. It was retarded. It wasn't going to kill him. He'd had it 38 years. And he said, when I'm coming down, someone steps ahead of me. Jesus said, take up thy bed and go into thy house. He never questioned again. He picked up his bed, put it on his shoulder, went walking on. Why did Jesus, full of love, Jesus walked right away from that. Thousands of people laying there, withered, blind, hot. Not like it is here this afternoon. But the whole crowd was messed up with that. Lame, blind, withered, crying, waiting. Is somebody blind? Is the angel on the pool yet? Oh, I've waited for days, this weeks. I've sat here. My people's going to take me back and I won't be healed. And here comes the Lord Jesus walking right by him, bypassed him, went right on around. Strange, isn't it? But you don't know what compassion is. You only know it from a human standpoint. Like I was preaching the other night on love. There's two different kinds, agapo and filial. Agapo love is above. Filial love is of the earth. And they're contrary one to the other. And so is compassion. We'll take it up later on in the week, those things, what it is. But you, human compassion and compassion of God is so contrary. We feel... We feel so horribly bad for different people who are afflicted and who are sick or who are having trouble. And sometimes we don't understand what we're feeling bad about. Notice him coming by this pool. Could you imagine your Savior walking by this pool? Now there's got to be an answer for that. The Bible doesn't mince words. There's got to be an answer for it. And if this is a man that's introducing the faith to the world, let's find out what he done about it and what he said about it. The Jews found this man. Go ahead, you, tonight, or when you go home this afternoon before going to church tonight, read this St. John 5, the whole chapter. And the Jews found him packing his bed on the Sabbath, which broke their traditions, their little church affairs. And, and they, Jesus was questioned. He'd be questioned right here in the San Fernando Valley this afternoon if he'd done the same thing by the people who doesn't understand what real spiritual things are. He'd be questioned in Los Angeles. He'd be questioning Washington, D.C. or New York City. If he is a healer, let me see him heal this one. Let me see him heal that one. If it was that way this in them days, in this day rather, that same spirit come from there. God never takes his spirit, he just takes his man. The devil never takes his spirit, he takes his man. Elijah was taken, a double portion come up on Elisha and then come out on John the Baptist and predicted to come again in the last days. See? God don't take his spirit, just takes his man. And the spirit's on another man. The Jesus is here with the spirit of God on him and it's come up on every one of you. He's been born of the Holy Ghost. And the devil doubter was up on ecclesiastical clergymen in them days and it's the same thing today. If you be do this, let me see this happen. Perform a miracle. It comes from the devil. Without understanding, spiritual understanding of the Scriptures. That's what makes them think that. And then, of course, we have a bunch of fanatics go out and carry on a bunch of stuff which agitates it. But that doesn't take the real, true gospel away. To me, it makes it shine. Yes, here he comes, right through that crowd. No doubt, Simon and all the rest of them of the Pharisees that say, Look at him, ah, full of virtue, pass him on, leave all of them. What's St. John 5, 19? Jesus gives the answer for the whole time, or not take up so much time. We'll start right now. Jesus said, 
this in St. John 5, 19. Here's the question. When they questioned him about it, he said, Verily, verily, you know what that means? Absolutely, absolutely. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the Son can do nothing in himself. But what he sees the Father doing, that doeth the Son likewise. Now, anybody ever read that before? Let's see your hands. Oh, just look at the hands. Did Jesus say it? Then Jesus told the truth. And he said, I don't do one thing until the Father shows me by vision what to do. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the Son can do nothing in himself, but what he sees the Father doing, that doeth the Son likewise. Is that right? And when he was here on earth, before he left, he said, a little while, and the world will see me no more. Yet ye shall see me. Is that right? Ye shall see me, for I, personal pronoun, as I said the other night, will be with you to the end of the world. And the things that I do, St. John 14, 7, the things that I do shall you do also, even more than this, for I go to my Father. I go away and I come again. And I'll be with you, even in you, to the end of the world. Jesus Christ risen from the dead, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. Now, he introduced that faith to the saints. The very things that I do shall you also. Now, quickly as we close. I think Peter expressed it good in Acts 2. Where he said, ye men of Israel... You should have known these things. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by signs and wonders and miracles, which God did by him in the midst of you all, and you're a witness of it. Is that right? Now, if then I think Nicodemus expressed it good for the Orthodox Church. Listen to this. Nicodemus come to him by night. The cultured coming to a man without a diploma. A man with all kinds of degrees in church life come to a man that never had any degrees in church life. It was the age coming to the youth. Aristocrat coming to a pauper who didn't have a place to lay his head. And listen to his expression from the... He bore record of what the church really thought of him but couldn't accept it. Said, Rabbi or teacher... We know that you are a teacher come from God. We know it. We Jews, Pharisees, we know it. For no man could do the works that you do except God be with him. And what kind of works did he do? Nothing but what the Father showed him. Is that true? I want to ask you something. Then when it was introduced to the church, the apostles, down through the age, look at Peter on the housetop, the vision to go to the house of Cornelius. Look at little old Paul out there. Peter also in the jail. Going to cut his head off the next morning, the executors was. And an angel came in, a light, a fire came in and let him out. Paul, in a little old ship waterlogged, 14 days and nights with no hope of ever being saved, moon and stars that failed to shine. He went down into the bulkhead of the ship somewhere, is waterlogged, about ready to go. Listen! 
and in prayer. Here he come running out all at once, shaking his hands, this little hook-nosed Jew, saying, Brethren, be of a good cheer. What's happened? What happened? For the angel of God, whose servant I am, stood by me last night, saying, Paul, don't you fear? You must be brought before Caesar. And, lo, God gives all these a sail with you. They're giving it to you. The ship's going to be rest, wrecked up on a certain island. He saw a vision. And he said, Wherefore, brethren, I believe God that it will be just as he showed me it'll be that way. That was the faith that was introduced to the saints. It's the same faith that I'm contending for today that Jesus Christ has raised from the dead and is a living among us today. Amen. If He has risen from the dead, He's obligated to introduce Himself. He's obligated to perform the same things that He did. When I stood in Bombay, India, uh, about a little over a year ago, when 17 different monarchs of their country there, the different religions, set around on silk pillars and 500,000 jam in the streets. And I said, gentlemen, today you with a plaster over your mouth keep them swallowing a flower and that think it might be your mother coming back. Reincarnation. Many of you worshiping cows and animals and so forth and the sun, the moon, the creature instead of the creator. I said, I declare to you that God raised up His Son, Christ Jesus, from the dead. Now, I said, sure, you couldn't accept a blood sacrifice if you can't, he won't even kill a gnat. Certainly. And oh, how superstition. And them coming to the platform couldn't even speak their own language. But the Holy Spirit would tell them who they were and where they come from and about their diseases and what they had done and what, what church they went to, what kind of a religion they had. They sat and wondered. After a while, come along a blind man, totally blind. One that went through, God never showed nothing about him. Just told him what was trouble. The next one come through, remember, you can't do it. It has to be God. The next one come through was a man about maybe younger than I. And it told him, and he's a worshiper of the sun. His eyes as wide as my shirt. The mayor of Bombay and man of celebrities. I had an airplane ticket in my hand to be interviewed by the president of India and the prime minister Nehru which is going this fall, they promised a million people to meet at Delhi. And now I couldn't get in and out of the place, hardly. And here this blind man was standing here. I said, now I cannot help the man. There's nothing I can do. But if Jesus, the resurrected Christ, has rose from the dead, then he knows the man. He knows all about him. He can tell me. I said, like he has these other people. But you're sitting out there with a question in your mind. Am I reading the people's mind? Is it mental telepathy? I said, that's the same devil they had in the beginning. I can't expect. If it wasn't that way, I'd be scared myself. You've got to have opposition. Then you know you're on the battlefront. Then, when the man come there, I looked, and by the grace of God, there come a vision over him of the man seeing. Then I put a challenge to them when I'd seen the vision. I know what he's going to see then. God done said so. I said, gentlemen of the religions of this world, not my brethren, they're not. I said, here's the man. The Holy Spirit has told him he was a married man, had children, and where he come from, how he made his living, and everything, and told him he's a worshiper of the Son. He's been blind for 20 years. 
Yes, it is there. A doctor would like to examine him. Go make it here. God's done said so. The Father has done spoke. It's got to be done. Watch it in the meeting. All heavens and earth will change, but it'll never change. It's right. That's thus saith the Lord. It ain't nonsense. It ain't tomfoolery. It's the Bible made manifest. And the man stood there. I said, now to you who claim to be, you said the day that your Bible started before Genesis and your prophets was before Moses and so forth. Now, I, if this is a human, I said he's a man. And you'll say he's done wrong by worshiping the sun. You want him to come over and worship a cow or do some other uh, religion. Worship Buddha or, or Mohammed or something on that order. I said, we got the same thing in America. It's nothing in the world but human psychology. I said, the Methodist wants to make all the Baptist Methodists. The Baptist wants to make all the Methodist Baptists. The Pentecostals want all the Nazarenes and Pilgrim Holies to be Pentecost, and vice versa. The Catholics want to make them all Protestants. The Protestants, vice versa. That's the way it is. It's psychology. What does it do for you? Changes your thinking. I said, we can produce that. We got it all through America. Only thank God one God. But I said, now, if God is the God of the living, if God is the God of the Creator, surely, if the man's been ignorantly wrong, he's looked at the sun until he's gone blind, surely the Creator can do something for him if he'll get straightened out right. I said, now, I challenge you to come forward to the platform and produce something. Everybody's very quiet. <laughs> sure. I said, but let it be known. Neither can I. I'm just a man. But I saw a vision. I saw a vision of the man. He's going to receive his sight. I said, I wouldn't nothing say that at all. Why didn't I say it to the other blind people that passed by? Or I said, because it wasn't God. God didn't tell me nothing. Only thing I could do is just what he told me. He told me what they was and what they should do and all like that, but he never said nothing about it. But now he showed me this man's going to receive his sight. I said, if this blind man will receive his sight, how many of you will accept Jesus as your personal Savior and forsake all your idols and everything else? As far as I can see, for look like, well, as far as the floodlights would reach, them black hands reaching up. And I tucked the man over there and said, Dear Lord Jesus, thou knowest... They don't interpret your prayer, of course not. So I said, I, I know that it's helpless. And I know that your word can't fail. This is your word first, of course. Only this would be secondarily. But you haven't said individually this man, but you've said it through your word now by a vision. And your same Holy Spirit that said, I do nothing except the Father shows me, and you're raised from the dead, and you're here. And I said, I pray thee for the glory of God that the people might know that they're in wrong in the darkness, that you'll give this blind man his sight. In the name of the Lord Jesus, I took my hands down. He let out a scream and grabbed me around the waist. He could see as good as you can. Anybody that's in here can see. He ran over the platform. He grabbed the mayor. I got his ticket right here in my pocket. Of, of Bombay, of Bohemian, oh, I believe he was a Mohammed, yes. And grabbed him and began to hug him and people screaming. That's the last time I could have service. They pulled my shoes off. They tore my coat off. While legions of soldiers trying to get me back to the Manjaw Hotel down there, trying to get out. What was it? It's Jesus. Raised from the dead. I never had one thing to do with it. The man's faith. I asked him, I said, if Jesus Christ will restore your sight, will you promise to forsake your sun gods 
and all other gods and to live for him. He said, I'll serve no other God but Jesus Christ if he'll give me my sight. And God made him perfectly whole. And he testified before the president and everything around India, which will be a stir. America, you're behind time. They're the ones got the revival over there. Amen. God bless you. I Man had nothing to do with it. Was no oral come or no nothing else. It was faith that come by hearing and hearing by the word. Our Heavenly Father, as we bow our heads humbly in thy presence, as we speak of thee before lovely attendance like this, people hungry hearted, they love you, Lord. We all love you. We may get out of the way once in a while and get a little rude, maybe. I don't know people's lives. Thou knowest all of us. But we pray you forgive us, Lord. And with all my heart, I believe that you've raised from the dead. I know you have, Lord. And you said these same things that I did, so shall you do. Now, Father, that this valley here might be without an excuse at the day of judgment, I pray that you'll come this afternoon knowing helpless here as a servant but and if I've been a little out of the way, you forgive me. If I've made a mistake, forgive me, Lord, for I realize what lays just ahead. And I pray Thee to be merciful to everyone. And, Father, may they all believe in Your resurrection today and accept the lovely Lord Jesus who share as their personal Savior. And may every person in divine presence be healed today. For I ask it in Jesus' name and for His glory. Amen. Uh, I'm going to ask you for a few moments now, maybe for 20, 30 minutes. My ministry doesn't consist of touching everybody. You could touch me or me touch you, have nothing to do with it. It's you touch him. Now, how many believes he's raised from the dead? Let's see your hand. Thank you. And do you believe if he's raised from the dead that he's the same today that he was yesterday and will be forever? Raise your hands if you believe it. I believe it with all my heart. Now, there's people holding prayer cards here in the audience. I'll, I believe we'll just start. Who has prayer card number one? Raise up your hand. Prayer card number two? Raise up your hand. Number three? Raise up your hand. Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Let's line up the first ten here just a minute and see how we come along. And now while they're and telling the person different things, that has nothing to do with their healing that's rising there. But when you hear it say, Thus saith the Lord, watch that and mark that down. That's what he's already done. Otherwise, he could tell you something if he wished to. But something to raise your faith up to make it believe, that's all. Now, I believe this woman here is the first one in the line. Are you, is this the patient? All right, would you come, lady? Hi, everybody, real still and keep your children near you. Just keep your children real near you on account of evil things. Don't think I'm a fanatic. I'm not, friend. I'm very... If I am, God knows I don't know anything about it. But I'm trying to be your brother in Jesus Christ. And I believe the Bible backs it up. Now, a man can say anything he wants to. That doesn't make it right. But when God comes around and says that's right, you'll be sinning by disbelieving. Now, I think they're going to change the mic right now from... Here to here, I don't know where it'll work, and you watch it because this is a, another world. It's another dimension. Do you sign it? 
I don't know this woman. Never seen her in my life. I don't know what she's here for. She knows that. But God does. And He knows what every one of you here for. And you don't have to have a prayer card to be here. You just believe out there where you are without a prayer card and see if the Holy Spirit don't do just exactly like He did when He was here on earth through our Lord Jesus. Because it's Him. I, let's just hum just a moment, if you will. Only believe. Will you do it, brother? Oh. possible to them that believe. Now, in the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, I ask for total reverence and watch everything that's said in the name of the Lord Jesus. Obey what he says do. Now, lady, come forward. Yes, sir. There, that's all right. You and I, being a stranger to each other, not knowing each other, but it's the same case just like when our Lord was here. There was a woman and a man in the case. Is that right? And our, us being strangers to each other, you and I, never meeting each other before. Are we strangers and never met each other before? If it is, raise up your hand. We don't know one another. Is that right? We don't know one another. But Jesus knows why you're here. You've come here for some purpose. And I don't know. You know I don't. But he does. Now you're conscious that something's going on. But you don't know. It's kind of a real, humble-like feeling. It's a... Did you ever see that picture of the angel of the Lord? That's that's just what it is between you and I. I just sit moving. It's a light. Now, he knows what you're here for. And if he will reveal to me... What you're here for, like the woman come to the well with her trouble, go right to your trouble. Will you accept him as your, uh, whatever it is, finances or, or, or a sickness or your soul condition? You remember, you can't hide your life from him. He knows it. But I know that you're a Christian because your spirit is welcome. Now, you're having trouble and the trouble is in the back it's in a kidney and that's diagnosed as cancer and you're at to die with this cancer but you've come because that you believe that God would make you well is that true now there's something here that knows you isn't that right and he's able to tell you what it is do you believe that it's him then if we'll pray, Jesus said, These signs shall follow them that believe. If they lay hands on the sick, they shall recover. Is that true? Then you come here just a moment. Shall we bow our heads? Our Heavenly Father, 
this shadow darkness hanging over the woman, death, but thou art life and light, and as your servant, I offer this petition to in her behalf, that in the name of Jesus, the Son of God, who is present now, that you will heal her. Yet, Lord, she cannot see you, but seeing the same works that you did, that's how they know you at Emmaus. You did something that no one else could do but you, and they recognize it to be you. And she recognizes the same Lord, that is not her humble brother standing here, but you, and as your representative, I curse the disease in Jesus' name and ask that she be made well. Thank Amen. You. God bless you, sister. Go happy. Do you believe now? Have faith. Don't doubt. Just believe with all your heart. Oh, you have a wonderful faith. Oh, after the anointing once strikes, what a condition. Now, sister, I want you to look here just a moment. As our master said to a woman, uh, bring me a drink. And the apostle said to the man at the gate called Beautiful, look on me, look on us. Not, the, not as they was, if they wanted to worship the man a little later. And he said, and I, we're probably born many miles apart. The first time we his Holy Spirit revealed to me what you're here for. Will you believe that I've told you the truth about his resurrection and will accept him as your healer? For you already are a Christian. Your spirit is welcome, see. If it was an unbeliever, we'd know it right quick. But you got a welcome spirit. Now, not knowing you, then it would have to be a perfect miracle if God would reveal to me what you're, you're here for. Is that right? One, now, if the audience is still hearing my voice, the woman seems to be going away from me. I see her walking in a room. She has something in her hand. She drops it. Oh, she's nervous. It's a nervous condition she has. And I see a terrific fall. She's had a fall, and it hurt her neck. And she slipped. Uh, doctors have said it's three vertebrae or the cushions in between the vertebrae that's been gone out and it's laying down against the and it's pinching and hurting and it's making her extremely nervous and there's no hope for her outside of God the Creator to put the cushions back and I see she has another trouble it's a tumor and that tumor is in the female gland she has tumor in the female gland thus saith the Lord Those things are true, are they? I do not know what I told you. It wasn't me. That was another. Another. Was it ever a bit true? Every word true. Then, if God is telling I've told the truth, then Jesus has risen from the dead, hasn't he? He said, whatever you ask the Father, then in my name, I'll do it. If he's risen from the dead in 1900 years, still proving that he's here raised from the dead, his words are true, is it? Ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Do you believe this, sister? Then come forward. Our kind Heavenly Father, under the leadership of the Holy Spirit, 
realizing that we're standing in divine presence of the Almighty God who made heavens and earth and dwelt here in a body called the Lord Jesus. When he testified himself, I do nothing except the Father shows me. And these things that I do shall you also, even more because I go to the Father and I'll come again, be with you always, even to the end of the world. Then I ask in Jesus' name to the Father that he'll condemn ever what was wrong with this, my sister. And I send her from here this afternoon in the name of Jesus Christ to be well. Amen. Go on your road rejoicing, sister. It's over. You're healed. Let's say praise the Lord. Do you believe? If you can believe, all right, you can receive. Now, Reverend, everyone. Oh, what a, what a time, friend. What a glorious time. Remember, we are... The audience looks fady. God knows that I'm not a fanatic. I'm telling you the truth. But we are in the presence of Him who raised from the dead. He's here. Now let the Mohammed doubt. Why do you think about it, little lady with the red coat on sitting there? You're suffering from a heart trouble, aren't you? Nervous condition. You believe the Lord Jesus would make you well? If you believe with all your heart, the Bible said, If thou canst believe, thou shalt receive. But if you can believe and be made well. You believe, lady? Are we strangers to each other? We are strangers. I've never seen in my life. Do you believe, sister? You believe that God would heal you sitting there weeping? You had ulcers, but the Lord Jesus made you well right then. That's right, isn't it? Stand up on your feet. This lady sitting right here with a white coat on. An angel of God was right around where she was at. And you're healed now. Your ulcers won't bother you no more. Would you do me a favor? There's a case of scientists sitting right next to you. Lay your hand over there and pray too. Lord Jesus, I pray that you'll heal him also of the scientists, and may he be well. Stand up, my brother, and give praise to God. Your faith makes you hold also. You are healed. Hallelujah! Jesus, the Son of God, has raised from the dead. Do you believe back in there? Just have faith. Oh, how wonderful! He never fails. He's Jesus, the Son of God. Now, sister, if you believe with all your heart and will look this away and just believe, I couldn't heal you. If I could heal you and wouldn't do it, I'd be a brute. If there's anything I could do to help you and wouldn't do it, and you, if you, that's what you're here for, I do not know. It might be some other trouble. I can't say. But if I could help you and wouldn't do it, I'd be a horrible person, wouldn't I? And I'm your brother. Now you're conscious that something's going on, lady. I see something about a, an appointment you have. And that's uh, to take place Wednesday. 
you're examined by a doctor and it's something wrong with your breast and you're to be operated on this coming Wednesday. That's right. And do you believe that Jesus Christ is going to make you well? Come here just a minute then. Our dear Heavenly Father, I pray that in Jesus' name that you'll take away all the disease from our sister. She will recover and be a well person. I ask this in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. God bless you, sister. Go happy and rejoicing now, believing with all your heart. Now look, audience, just a moment. Don't move, please. You disturbed. There's someone healed at this side. I couldn't see where it was at. See, don't move, please. They'll, they'll take me away just in a minute, but don't move. See, each one of you is a soul, your spirit, your, your Christians. And we're working in a spiritual realm. As the Bible said, be reverent, be still and know that I am God, he said. I'm sorry it happened right in here, but I couldn't see it. I'd be real reverent and have faith. How do you do, lady? We're strangers to each other. I don't know you. You don't know me. And I've never seen you in my life. And perhaps you've never seen me, unless it was in a meeting somewhere. Just past, you, you don't know me. This week's the first time you've ever seen me. Then we're total strangers, aren't we? I don't know you. Now, audience, just a moment. Here's a lady we've never met. She's just seen me when she come here at the meeting. We've never met in our life. She's standing there. Healthy-looking woman to me. There's something wrong. I don't know. God does. But let her be the judge. If God will reveal to me what's wrong, will you believe the truth that Jesus raised from the dead? you believe it? And remember, he's just as willing to heal you as he is to heal her. Don't make any difference. It's just the same. You see people here, you out there, with, it's out in the audience, you're being healed. So it doesn't, it doesn't matter to God. If you just sit and pray, God will grant it. Now be real reverent and see what the Holy Spirit will say. He might not say one word. I can't tell you. That's up to Him. Now, sister, not knowing you and knowing that I, you'll have to admit that if the Holy Spirit reveals something to me that you know that I don't know you or nothing about you, you know it'll have to be supernatural power. And now it depends on what you determine it to be. If you determine it to be wrong, then you'll never receive nothing. But if you determine it to be right, you'll get what you ask for. But you, you are not here for yourself. You're here for someone else. And it's a woman. And you're packing a handkerchief in your hand for the woman. And that woman is your sister. And she's not in California. She's from way away. Uh, she's from a place called Alabama. And uh, she's suffering with high blood pressure and heart trouble. Is that right? Then believe. In the name of the Lord Jesus, I ask that this be granted through the mercies and merits of our Lord Jesus Christ, to whom be praise and glory. Amen. God bless you. Have faith in God. You can receive what you ask for. If thou canst only believe. Now, standing right here, do you know and have seen the picture? Here goes uh, the angel of the Lord, a vision, a woman with her head bowed. 
She's in prayer. And she's praying that God will speak to me. She's sitting right here on the front row. And she's praying about a husband. That she wants him to have a deeper walk with God. Thus saith the Lord. Rise up to your feet, sister, and accept it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Dost thou believe? If you can believe, you will receive what you ask for. For the Holy Ghost is here. Jesus Christ has risen from the dead. And he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Do you believe it? Have faith in God. Now, the lady sitting, standing before me. We are strangers, I suppose, to each other, lady. I have never seen you in my life. We are strangers, are we? If we are, raise up your hand to the audience. I do not know the lady. I have never seen her. But you see the effect of the visions. Look at here. It just seems like I'm passing out. See, you're going into another world, down with other people. It's another dimension. Uh, Daniel the prophet saw one vision and was troubled at his head for many days. I'm sure you can appreciate this and that audience just drawing like one great magnet. What is it? It's not for me. It's the Holy Spirit here. He sent me. Not, not for my own self. It's Christ. He's here to show you that He's raised from the dead. It's not me. He's right there with you too. See? He's with us all. You just believe it with all your heart. And He'll heal you. Or you get what you ask for. If thou canst believe. But you must believe. Now here's a total stranger. But the lady is a Christian. And the lady being a Christian, she's very conscious that something's going on. Because it's the moving of the Holy Spirit. It was hanging over this lady sitting right here. It's moved back to the woman here now. Some connection somewhere. I don't know. But the woman is is here because it, she's extremely nervous. And she's suffering with a, a trouble in her neck. And it affects the shoulder and in the back. And I see a surgery, an operation, but it was some time ago, long time ago, and this is the effect of that surgery that's causing these conditions. That's right. Do you believe now? you believe now? With all your heart, the woman be the witness. Now, I see, more you talk to her, more would take place. But you see, we have to save a little strength for the audience. Just for this. Let's talk to the woman just a moment. Would it make you believe more? Let me talk to her a moment if the Holy Spirit would show anything different. I don't know. I don't know what he said to her. Whatever what it was, was truth. If it's truth, raise up your hand. It's truth. It's always truth. It can't be nothing else. Now what your trouble was, I don't know. But if the Holy Ghost will show me something else... Will you then believe with all your heart? May he grant it. I'm just his servant, his prophet. Or maybe I oughtn't have said that, minister. You're not from this city. You've come from another city. Say, and you're a preacher. You've come, you have an independent church that you're preaching in, in a little place. Isn't that right? Oh, lady, you return home, you're well. Jesus Christ. 
makes you well. A glorious light come all around the woman. Go on your road, my sister, and rejoice and be happy, for Jesus healed you. Amen. Let us say praise the Lord. Give Him glory, all you people. Now, be reverent, please. Don't move. You're, you're, you're making it ten times worse on me. I'll go just in a few minutes if you'll promise to sit still just a moment or two. People are getting healed. I know you have to hurry. And I guess maybe it's getting late, yes. But the boys are watching me. That's what this man's standing here for. Down here, my boy, he's watching me. He knows just how much farther I can go. Let's see if we can speak maybe the Holy Spirit to someone else and see what would take place. Sir, do you believe? Come here just a minute. Put your hand over on mine. Now you sitting there thinking this is mental telepathy and I'm reading their mind, I'll show you this not. I'm a stranger to you, am I, sir? I don't know you. But if God can reveal to me what's your trouble, you believe, won't you? Then go home and eat your dinner. The stomach trouble left you. Amen. Oh, have faith in God. Just believe with all your heart. All right, would you come, lady? You believe? Can you? Do you believe? Then you won't need your operation. Your tumor will just go right on away from you. Go on your road and rejoice. Be made well. Let's say praise be to God. All right. Do you believe with all your heart? Sister, look here just a moment. A lady sitting right here looking right at me, right at that little girl. You're praying, aren't you, sister, because you have female trouble that you want to get over. That is right. You prayed just a few minutes ago and said, God, if you'll have him call me, I'll believe. And I'll be... Isn't that right, sister? You there with a great coat on. You believe with all your heart now sitting here on the front row and believe that, you're, that Jesus Christ make you well? If you do, raise up your hand and say, I accept it. All right, you can go on your road and be made well now. Jesus heals you. You're, you're the patient. I'm not beside myself, but I, it's a... You understand. I don't know you. But I see you trying to get out of bed. It's a stiffening condition. Arthritis. You believe that he makes you well? He does. Just go on your road rejoicing and be thankful and be happy. Amen. Heart troubles no more for God to heal than it is to take a drink of water. You believe that? Then go rejoicing and be made well through Jesus' name. Amen. Do you believe? Just have faith. Have faith, believe. Don't... I just a moment, something happened. I seen a lady moving. Oh, I see a dark shadow. It's hanging over a lady. She's sitting there with her hand up praying. It's up against her mouth. Cancer. Cancer of the head. You're in a dying condition. That's right, lady. That's your husband sitting by you. You're not from this place. I see great, big, tall trees where you come from. It's evergreen trees, like pines. You're from, uh, you're from, uh, either Portland, no, you're from Washington, the state of Washington. Your husband's a minister of the gospel. His name is Jaggers or Jagger or Jagger or something like that. I heard somebody say, I believe his initials is U.S. Jigger, put your hand over on her, brother, and may she be healed in the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Hallelujah! Praise be to our God. Say, while the Holy Ghost is there, 
person sitting right next to her has trouble with her jaw, they're praying and believing God would heal them. The Lord bless you, my brother, and make you well. You sitting out of high blood pressure, you believe Jesus will make you well? Stand up on your feet. You also have a little funny feeling around your heart. It's gone. Jesus Christ heals you and makes you well. Do you believe? Well, Jesus Christ can heal everybody that's all in the presence right now. Do you believe it? He's here. He's raised from the dead. It must be my going time. Somebody's around me. I ask you in Jesus' name to lay your hands over on each other and believe with all your heart while His presence is here. Go your arthritis has left you, sister. Go on your road to He was healed with that arthritis when you raised up there sitting in the chair. Stomp your feet up and down like this. There you are. Go on. You're all right now. Put your hand on one another. In the name of Jesus Christ, thou Satan, who's done evil to this audience, I condemn thee. Thou art a devil, and you're only deceiving the people. Jesus Christ has risen from the dead. He's alive today, and you're exposed. You aggravating animal, you'll be punished for this evil that you do to God's children. I adjure thee by the name of the living God the Lord Jesus Christ, His Son, that you come out of the people and leave this very day and every person in here be made well. Hallelujah. Keep right on praying.